Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. This weekend, Pastor Tamara Dumas delivered our special Mother's Day message. We hope you enjoy today's service. Can we please continue with a welcome to our South Shore campus and our Plant City campus? And of course, to all of those of you watching online, we're so glad you've joined us today. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. Before I start, can I just um, say a word of appreciation for my husband? I am so thankful that you're not just my husband, but my pastor. And I am thankful that you are so humble and a man of prayer and that you're so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that you don't always listen to my suggestions, but you listen to the actual Holy Spirit. He always accuses me of being the junior Holy Spirit or whatever, but no, I'm so thankful you listen to the Holy Spirit and that you love our family and our church so well. So thank you. Will you appreciate him with me? And I did it without crying. That is awesome. I cried last night (laughs) and when I practiced, so that's good. We all need a place of belonging, and here at The Crossing, we want everyone to feel as though, and not just feel, but actually belong at The Crossing, and there are lots and lots of ways to do that, whether it's through our Ironmen, our Reengage Marriage Ministry, any of our life groups, or our sisterhood studies, so I'd like to invite you to an event this Friday called Sisterhood Night Out. This is for all girls. Yes. Woo! Go, sisterhood. This is for all the girls and ladies from middle school through mature adulthood, and I hope that you'll join us. You can still register online at the discounted rate by Monday, and otherwise you can just pay at the door. So we really look forward to seeing you there. And I know we've already said Happy Mother's Day, and we've clapped for everyone, but I want to do something a little bit special. The Lord put this on my heart. I'm going to ask moms to stand in certain categories. Don't get too wigged out by the categories. If you have kids across different age groups, it's okay. Just pick a category. But we'll start first with the moms in the room who have all adult children. So like age 21 and older, all your kids are grown, whether they're married, single, whatever. All the moms of adult kids stand. Woo! You are awesome. You did it. You made it. But this is still a challenging season because you're learning what it means to become a friend. No, 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 stay standing. Sorry, you have to, all the categories have to stay standing till the end. Sorry, I forgot to give that part of instruction. This is a challenging season because you have to learn how to become not just your children's mother, but now like their friend and their companion. And it's an adjustment, right? So now let's have all the moms with teenage children stand. Yes, lots more. This is awesome. I see you at South Shore and Plant City. Now, this is a challenging season because you're dealing with these humans that have all these raging hormones. And it's a lot of learning and adjusting and growing, right? So moms of adult kids, turn around and say to these other moms, you're going to get through this. That's right. Now, moms in the room who have children, elementary and middle school, not yet teenagers, will you stand? Yes. This is a challenging season because you're learning how to get them to school on time and how to help them with homework or homeschooling. Thanks a lot to COVID, we all became homeschool moms, even when we were not homeschooling on purpose. But, okay, moms of older kids, turn around and say to these moms, 
you're gonna get through this. You can do it. Don't give up. Now, moms of babies and preschoolers, will you stand? Yay! Yes, yes. You are in a challenging season. (laughs) You're learning how to take care of little people and train them and help them to grow, and they grow so fast. So I pray that you're able to slow down and enjoy those little moments. But moms of older kids, turn around and say to these moms, you can do it. Don't give up. You're going to get through this, right? Yes. Amen. Amen. We appreciate you, moms. We celebrate you today. You may be seated now. Thank you. I just need those little reminders myself. I'm going to get through this right? And then when each of the seasons pass, we, we're sad. We miss the old season, but then we get to look forward to the next. You get to look forward to grandbabies. That's really the present. That's the, that's the gift right there. That's what makes it all worth it, those grandbabies. <laughs> well, let's pray as we get going. Oh, Jesus, I thank you so much for all the families represented here today and all these moms. I pray that you are blessing them. And I just ask God, I just, I confess and admit just from Greg's message two weeks ago, so often my flesh, I want to please man, but really and truly my heart, I want to please you, God. So I pray that you speak through me, you receive all the glory, you give each person what they need to hear today in Jesus' name, amen. I am, oh, thank you, that's good, amen. I am reminded every year on Mother's Day that there are often many people who don't feel like celebrating because they're experiencing something challenging. And you may not know that Greg and I actually have five children. Tori is 25, Lainey is 21, Zeke is 15, but we also have Riley and Toby who are little babies that are waiting for us in heaven. And both my miscarriages took place in the spring, so there have been many years around Mother's Day that it was really hard. Mother's Day became hard. Even though we had two sweet little precious little girls that I could celebrate, it was still sad. And I believe that we have some people experiencing sadness today because maybe it's your first Mother's Day without your mom. Maybe you've lost a baby. Maybe you're experiencing infertility and you just are longing to be a mommy. And the Lord also said there may be some struggling to celebrate because you have a prodigal child who is far from the Lord or far from you. And God wants you to know he sees you. He sees you. In Psalm 77, the psalmist expresses his absolute anguish to the Lord. In Psalm 77, verse 9, he actually questions and doubts God's faithfulness. He says, has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he withheld his compassion? But then he makes a declaration, starting in verse 11. He says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember the miracles of long ago. I will meditate on your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O God, are holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power to to all your people. So when it appears 
that God's mercy has vanished. We can, we can still worship him and thank him and focus on the times of his faithfulness in our lives, but also in all of history because he rescued his people from slavery. He provided manna for them in the desert. For 40 years, their sandals did not wear out. And then he took them into the promised land he had promised through Moses. He is faithful. He is faithful. He can't not be compassionate. He cannot not be merciful because that is his character. So even if you feel like you are at the end of your rope, you can be so confident that you are not at the end of hope because he is the God of all hope. Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So will you just pray with me right quick for those who are hurting and having trouble celebrating today. God, I thank you that what is important to us is important to you. Thank you for loving us. Oh Lord, I pray those are hurting, who are hurting today are receiving, God, your love for them. And that we are so thankful that you know the desires of our heart, God. I pray those grieving will receive peace and comfort today. I pray in Lord Jesus that you bring fertility and life to empty wombs and that you bring memories of joy and hope to those who need it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining me in that today. Oh, well, if you wouldn't mind entertaining me for a moment, I'm going to show you a picture of our family. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day to me. I get to brag about my children. <laughs> who doesn't love to do that? This is our amazing daughter, Lainey. She is a very diligent and hardworking full-time college student and also the co-leader of our children's ministry in the nursery hallway. We call it the nursery hallway. And um, she is amazing with children. She, we call her the baby whisperer. She is awesome. Then our son, Zeke, is a resilient overcomer. He loves fishing and um, is a part of this junior pro team with, with real animals. Just a little plug about his awesomeness there. He also loves playing basketball. And then, of course, my husband of 28 years, who I love so much, and his birthday is this Wednesday, in case you wanted a little insight there. Our, son, our wonderful son-in-law, Trent, has been married to our daughter almost six years already, and he is the perfect mate for our daughter. And I just want to encourage you, you can totally trust the Lord and who your children are going to marry, because he is amazing. And then our daughter, Tori, with our grandson, Alexander. Tori is such a good mommy, and I, those of you who have grandchildren understand it is the coolest thing ever when your child becomes a parent. And we're so proud of her. She's such a good mommy. And we are proud of Tori and Trent because they are our youth pastors here at the Tampa campus. And, and just for a bonus, I wanted to show you a picture of Xander so you could actually see his cute little face. Because he is the cutest baby born ever in the history of the entire world. And that's just because I'm his, his grandmother, his Mimi. I don't really like that word, grandmother. Woo! But Mimi's okay. As you can tell, though, <laughs> I do gush with pride over my kids. They are absolute amazing human beings, 
And I really wish that I could take all the credit for that, but I can only take credit for doing the best I could with what I had at any given moment. And I'm promising you right now, I have a lot of moments that weren't that good. But I think you would say the same thing, parents in the room. We all have a lot of moments that we don't do a great job. Uh, Greg and I have joked for years that it's a miracle our children have survived us. (laughs) So praise God, our children have survived. Um, When I was very first pregnant, I did not have a lot of baby experience. I I was not one to really babysit children. I I have a degree in elementary education, but I like the older kids, not the babies. And so we decided, because we had no idea what we were doing as new parents, that we needed to take some classes. And we were in this really great church with a Sunday school class of all young marrieds. We all got pregnant, almost all got pregnant at the same time. Like if new people came to church, we said, unless you want to get pregnant, do not drink the orange juice in this classroom. Because we had, it was either 13 or 16 babies that were born from January through April of 1996. It was a baby party. It was awesome. Um, And so this material was great because it really taught us basic, basic, like how they need to be on a routine and a schedule, what it means when they cry, how do you figure out why they're crying, how, you know, when you should feed them, and about sleeping, because all of us as parents, our goal is for our children to sleep through the night, right? Yes. Well, this material promised if you follow these guidelines, your baby, you're going to be able to lay the baby in the crib and the baby's going to fall asleep on his or her own and sleep all night long. That's what the material said. But Tori had a different plan. She didn't want to follow the rules. Um, But honestly, she, she cried really, really hard. Like I would lay her down in the crib and she didn't just cry. She screamed like really bad. And uh, it took a while for me to understand that this wasn't normal. And Greg's like, no, like something is wrong. (laughs) We need to do something about this. So I kept taking her to the pediatrician and she even sent us for a barium swallow, like maybe it's reflux where, so the baby drinks the chalky stuff and they take pictures. Well, she passed the test. They said she does not have reflux, but she continued to cry and not sleep. She didn't sleep more than 40 minutes at a time until we were living in Hollywood, Florida. We moved to Fort Worth, Texas for seminary, and um, that's when we met a neighbor whose baby had reflux, and we went to their gastro pediatric gastroenterologist. So as a new mom, I didn't even know that was a thing. But we got to the gastroenterologist, we got on good medic- medication, and finally at 13 months old, she slept through the night for the first time. And then it took, yes, it was torture. You know that's a tactic in war, right? Sleep deprivation? It was serious. Well, um, I totally make myself lose my train of thought. The greatest thing about this material wasn't just what we learned in the material. It's that we did it in community with other young couples. And that's what's so important at the crossing is we want everyone to be in community. We want you to be in a life group because that's where you learn these lessons together. There was another mom. Her name was Ramona, and she had a daughter actually also named Tori. Tori had colic. Our Tori had silent reflux. She never threw up. It went up and down in her esophagus, damaged her esophagus. That's why she cried so hard all the time. And Ramona and I literally survived that season because we had each other. And so we really, we want you to be in community at the crossing. 
But you can imagine how much guilt I had because my baby was in pain and I didn't know and I didn't understand. And so thank God, Tori doesn't remember any of that. (laughs) That's what we need, just those memory zappers that they don't remember. But then sometimes they do remember, right? Our Lainey has a story where I I used to sit them on the bathroom sink and blow dry their hair, and I was blow drying Lainey's hair and I burned her ear a little bit, and she never forgot. And every once in a while, her sweet little high-pitched voice, she'd go, you know, Mommy, do you remember that time when you burned my ear with the hairdryer? And I was yes, I do remember, baby. I'm so sorry. I know that hurt. Um, but, you know, sometimes they remember. Unfortunately, the bad things, we, like, remember. We remember them, don't we? We file those suckers away. <laughs> but praise God, we have some memories that are good. I have some memories that are good. There have been times I was mindful and loving and consistent and intentional in teaching them and correcting them. We have wonderful memories of game nights and and Bible study nights and family vacations, but all the while parenting because children don't just automatically figure out how to practice self-control. They don't automatically have good manners. We have to teach them all of these things, right? And as parents, we experience every kind of emotion. If you went online and printed out all the feeling words on a list, those are all the feelings parents have because it's challenging. So sometimes they're positive, like love and joy and delight and affection, but sometimes they are really negative, like worry and fear and confusion and pressure and uncertainty and guilt. Well, we've been in a series called Undone, And so today, we're going to talk about some things in our parenting that need to be undone. First, the Lord says, we need to worry less and pray more. So I have this amazing statement we can read here together. Worry refers to the thoughts, images, emotions, and actions of a negative nature in a repetitive, uncontrollable manner that results from a proactive cognitive risk analysis made to avoid or solve anticipated potential threats and their potential consequences. So if that totally made sense to you, that means you're a worrier. Do you guys remember that comedian? He used to do that bit about you might be a redneck if you do this or that. Well, that's this. You might be a worrier if... Worry refers to the thoughts and images and emotions and actions of a negative nature in a repetitive, uncontrollable manner that results from a proactive cognitive risk analysis made to avoid or solve anticipated and potential threats and their potential consequences. So does that sound familiar to anyone? Oh, that's it. I'm the only one. Plant City, I'm the only one. South Shore Campus, I'm the only one that that relates to. So sorry, you just have to sit through the next part until hopefully it connects with you. (laughs) Matthew chapter 6, 25 says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Verse 27 says, Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? So let's say, less worry. More prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray continually. Another version says to pray without ceasing. And I like that version because ceasing isn't really a word that I use all the time because if my children are doing something I don't want them to do, I don't say cease, (laughs) 
right? So pray without ceasing. I like how that sounds. Um, when we praying without ceasing requires that we pay attention to what we're thinking about. So if we're repeating all of those negative, worrisome thoughts, we do that all day and we don't even recognize it. So paying attention to our thoughts makes it possible for us to take them captive like we've heard in the Bible before. We get to choose what we think about. So we can choose to pray instead of worry. Prayer is not meant to be impressive. It's meant to be conversational. You can just talk to God like you would talk to your spouse or your best friend. And I have an example. On this week, we had first Wednesday service on Wednesday night, and we came together as a family. And about halfway through the evening, it's not a late night service, but we tend to hang out after. You know, we're kind of social people. And it was getting later, and I started to have this thought like, I could get worried. Oh, gosh, we, we're, Zeke's going to go to bed so late, and he has a test this week, and then he's going to be so sleepy, he's not going to pay attention in class, and I had all these worrisome thoughts. But instead, I stopped. I was like, okay, Zeke's going to be fine. I'm just going to pray over him before he goes to sleep, and here's what I prayed. Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful first Wednesday service. Thank you for time to worship. Thank you for Pastor Jeremy's message about the power of your story. Thank you that our son loves to be at church. He loves to worship you. He loves growing in his relationship with you. Thank you for the woman who spoke positive words over him at service tonight. Please give his brain what it needs in a shorter amount of time. Multiply his rest as he sleeps. Thank you, Jesus, for his awesome school, his awesome teachers and administration that love you and serve you. Thank you for his diligence and hard work. You know he's just points away from straight A's in that one class. So could you just tip that over for him? Just go ahead and... Okay, in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> well, because I prayed, instead of worrying, 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 I was able to rest that night. So we want to trust the Lord. We want to release to him our worries. Now, I do understand what I'm talking about right now is a little bit silly for an example because we do face much greater challenges in life than whether or not our 15-year-old got enough sleep. But the principles are the same. We're supposed to not worry and pray, right? Less worry, more prayer. Next, the Lord says we, want, we need less pressure and more peace. And I'm telling you, I had every intention of being the perfect mother. I was going to have everything just always planned out. I was never going to make any mistakes. I was going to get it right all the time. I was going to have all the right answers. And my Mary Poppins bag of tricks was going to have everything I needed in it. And then I figured out it doesn't work that way. And that's impossible. Because I'm human. And... I wanted to be perfect so bad, but I couldn't. And I understand now, years later, that that was an impossible expectation of myself. But if I can be completely honest, I still struggle with that. I still put a tremendous amount of pressure on myself. And so we want peace. John 14, 27 says, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. And when my heart is troubled, my mind is racing. Anybody else have a racing mind at South Shore Campus, maybe at Tampa, at Plant City? 
racing, racing, racing. So, well, when your mind is racing like that, you can't receive peace from Jesus and you can't even slow your thoughts down to pray. So what do I do? I have to listen to worship music. And I don't mean just Christian radio. Christian radio is awesome. There are great songs and some of them worshipful on Christian radio, but I'm talking about like these albums that just go deep, like they're, they're drawing out what the word of God says about God's identity and our identity and his promises. Like my favorite one right now is Carrie Job's um, newest album called The Blessing. And <clears throat> when we take the time, when we recognize that our minds are racing and going crazy and we take the time to sit and listen to these songs, don't do other, don't do laundry while you're trying to calm your mind. That doesn't work. When you're sitting and worshiping, you're able to relax your body, and then you can receive the peace that Jesus promises to give. He is not going to force his peace on you. You have to position yourself to receive that peace. So say, less pressure, more peace. Next, the Lord wants less condemnation and more appreciation. Romans 8.1 says, therefore, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And for me, the remedy for condemning and blaming myself is through appreciation. So, you know, just like I said earlier, I felt so much guilt about Tori. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances because some circumstances are bad, but we can find ways to be thankful even in hard circumstances. So I'm just curious, do you notice when you're condemning and blaming yourself? Oftentimes I don't. I don't even realize it. Wednesday night I had a thought when we were at church and it's getting late. I literally, this thought came to my mind, if Zeke does bad on this test, it's my fault. I should have driven separately from Greg so that as soon as service was over, we, I could get him home and get him back to bed like he was five years old. <laughs> but instead, when I prayed, remember the prayer, I prayed, it was full of appreciation and thankfulness. Thankful for church, thankful for Zeke's heart, thankful for his teachers, thankful that he's so diligent and hardworking. Those are the things that turn it around this this ability to condemn. Now, a lot of this comes from the enemy, but that would be an entirely new sermon, so I'm not gonna distract myself with that. Um, but I will say, Zeke got 100 on his test this week. Yes, yes. So these concepts may seem simple, but I come to you in the most loving manner as possible to say, are you doing them? Are you praying instead of worrying? Are you receiving peace instead of pressure? Are you expressing appreciation instead of receiving condemnation? Well, the Lord said it's time for less performing and more abiding. When we perform, we're putting up a front. We're pretending like we've got it all together. We're trying to be everything the world says we're supposed to be. And we act like we don't have any pressure. We don't have any condemnation. We don't have any worries. John 15, 5 says, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. 
but apart from me, he can do nothing. So I spent a bunch of time this week studying what the Greek meaning of nothing is. Do you know what it is? Nothing. No thing. We can do nothing apart from the Lord. We all want our lives to matter. We all want our children's lives to matter. And that means we need to abide in the Lord. When we abide in him is when he transforms our life and he lives his life through us. In 1883, James Francis Montgomery said in his book, My Walk with God, we cannot impart what we do not possess. So let's flip that around. I impart what I possess. So let's say that together. I impart what I possess. Abiding is believing, receiving, trusting, and resting in the Lord. Abiding is like a newborn baby with his mommy, total, complete dependence. Abiding is allowing the life of Jesus Christ to flow through us because it's his strength, it's his wisdom, it's his power, it's his joy, it's his peace, it's his patience, it's his kindness. I know South Shore's getting this right now. It's his love. It's his patience, his gentleness, his faithfulness. It's his self-control that lives through us. What more could we possibly want to impart to our children than a life of abiding in the Lord? Because he is our source. He is everything. Apart from him, we can do nothing. We give a lot of our lives for our children, don't we? We make a lot of sacrifices for our children. And if necessary, we would give up our lives for our children, wouldn't we? Well, Jesus gave up his life for us. He came to earth fully God and fully man. He lived a sinless life. Then he willingly died on the cross, was buried and rose again three days later as the ultimate sacrifice and redemption for our sins because our sins completely separate us from God and keep us from eternity. If you have not had a time in your life where you made an actual decision to give your life to Jesus, that is the only assurance that you have, making that kind of a decision. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Our sins separate us from God, and there is nothing we can do in our human attempts to get to him. It's only through Jesus. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. A wage is something we earn, so we know our sin has actually earned eternal separation from God. But God has this gift of eternal life he wants to give us because Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And Romans 10, 13 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So in order to know for sure with complete confidence that God will invite you into heaven, if you died today, that you would be invited into heaven, 
you need to have prayed a prayer like this. Can we all pray together? God, I understand. My sin has separated me from you. Confidence in myself and my attempts to be good are not good enough. I believe in my heart you raised Jesus from the dead. I confess Jesus is the Lord today. Please come into my heart in Jesus' name. Now with all the heads bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if you prayed that prayer as a recommitment because you want to fully surrender your life to Jesus, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand high. We're just going to bring you a card. Ready? One, two, three. Hands going up. Hands going up all around the room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer online, there's a number on your screen. You please text us and let us know you made that decision. Can you just keep your hands up until we hand you a card? Thank you, Jesus. Now, if we could all pray together in response to today's message, I hope, I'm really praying for each and every one of you that there was something that stuck out at you or there's something that the Lord is revealing to you. So can you just put your hands out in front of you? Let's put these things out here for the Lord. Lord, we ask for your grace today as we continue to do the best we can with what we have as moms, as dads, as people, as Christians. I lay pressure, condemnation, and performing at your feet. Holy Spirit, teach me to pray without ceasing. Help me receive your peace. Show me how to practice appreciation and thankfulness. I want to abide in you every minute of every day. Thank you, God, for your love and faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you made the decision today, would you please bring those cards? We can actually all, do you, Pastor Greg, do you want them to all stand now or in a minute? Stand. You can all stand. And those of you who've made a decision, if you would come forward, we want to receive your card. We want to celebrate because Jesus is singing your name right now. This is the greatest and most important decision you will ever make in all of your life. And we want to come celebrate with you. So you'll come forward. And then if you have any prayer needs, we want you to come forward. We want to join you in prayer. And, And Greg actually has something special that really goes with what the Lord had on my heart too. Didn't Tamara doing an amazing job? Can you give her a big hand? Just special. It's uh, special to hear from uh, the mother of the house. And so I, I'm going to pray. If, if you're dealing with infertility, um, the Lord has had an anointing on our church yes. for some time. And uh, this Thursday morning, I didn't, I didn't know what Tamara was going to talk about. She prayed about infertility. And um, we struggled with that. Uh, and she mentioned that a little bit. And so um, I want to tell you, there's nothing necessarily wrong, right, with you as a man. There's nothing necessarily wrong with you as a lady. And sometimes there's a spiritual element that's involved. Right. And uh, we've had an anointing over the years to pray and to ask God for the things that are closed, right, in Revelation. What God opens, no man can shut. And, and so for years now, like I, I, 
I'm witnessing to the fact that there's, there's something that comes with this. For years now, we've just prayed. We've just stood on stage and believed God. And when there's been just immobility, there's, just, there's a closed womb. And we've prayed and agreed the womb has opened. Yes. And we have yes. seen moms and dads give birth last night. Last night in the service, we were, we were praying and I, we had a family come and say, that was us. And that happened last year. It happened the year before. It happened the year before. And so just would you let your faith rise and we're going to pray a simple prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, what the enemy has meant for harm, we ask that you would use for your good. We call forward the arrows that are in our quiver, the sons and daughters that are not born to us yet, where the enemy has closed the womb somehow, where there's been some scientific thing, where there's been some physical thing. Father, open the womb in Jesus' name. We agree. We receive. We don't have to make it. We just sit in it. We receive it in Jesus' name. And then for those of you who, and if you need prayer, if you're struggling with anything or you're somebody who uh, received Christ a minute ago, please feel free to come. We, we just would love to pray with you. We're trained. These group of people are trained and you can come this way into the light a little bit. And uh, if you need prayer, you can just begin to come as I, I'm praying now. Also, if you're a mom or a dad and you're dealing with somebody um, in your family that has immobility, the Lord said infertility, and then he, and he didn't mean to rhyme, but sometimes he does. <laughs> immobility. And I could see a young man, a young woman who was struggling with motor skills. And I just want to pray for that. I just, I, I want to pray for that. And I want to ask, would you agree with me, church? Yes. Listen, I just want to ask that God would release a supernatural anointing so that wherever there's been trouble, whether it's mentally, emotionally, or physically, God would unlock that thing. How many of you believe in the power of prayer? Father, in, Je- in the name of Jesus, we pronounce healing on your sons and daughters. And when there has been immobility of the hands, the limbs, the arms, the legs, we ask for freedom in Jesus' name. We ask you now, in the name of Jesus, where there has been difficulty emotionally, mentally, psychologically, remove those barriers. Give mom and dad the ardency, just the fervency to say over their sons and daughters, no, no, the enemy cannot have your mind or your body or your future in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen and amen and amen. You may freely come. God bless you. We love you. Happy Mother's Day on this weekend. We're going to worship for just a moment now. You can, you can come. We're going to worship and then Pastor Stephen is going to dismiss us. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed that message from Pastor Tamara Dumas. Don't forget you can watch all of our messages on demand at youtube.com slash crossingchurch and download our app by searching for Crossing Church Tampa in the App Store or Google Play Store. There you can watch messages on demand, live broadcasts of our services, and get info on upcoming events. Thanks for joining us. We can't wait to worship with you next weekend.